welcome back to another exciting episode of Catch-Ups in My Kitchen with me, Georgia Simmons, founder of Greedy Vegan and the host of the podcast. This week we are joined by Mike, founder of the best-selling cheese on Greedy Vegan, Honestly Tasty. This story is pretty crazy because the initial goal for Mike when starting his journey to vegan cheese was purely out of his own need and desire. He couldn't find a vegan cheese which he loved, which is pretty understandable as I think we can all agree that before artisan vegan cheese brands came into play, the vegan cheese scene was pretty dire. So Mike decided to learn how to make vegan blue cheese, as you do, and before he knew it, he had an amazing product on his hands, which got amazing feedback from friends and family. Then one thing led to another and Honestly Tasty was born, which is now producing amazing and honestly tasty, pardon the pun, cheeses, which are now not only stocked on Greedy Vegan, but also M&S and Ocado. Now, don't get me wrong, I have missed a lot of steps and detail in this description. It definitely wasn't as easy as this. So in this episode, Mike will share his journey as well as explaining how he managed to rope in all of his family to join him on the business idea, which I absolutely love, and a lot, lot more. So I hope you enjoy the episode and as always, have a lovely rest of your day. Mike, so great to have you here as one of the brands on Greedy Vegan. It's going to be really great to get into the story, hear more about Honestly Tasty and chat about your journey. So how are you today? Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, really happy to be here. Thanks very much for for having me. You're welcome. So to start off with, do you mind giving us a really quick elevator pitch on who you are and what you do? Okay, yeah. So I'm Mike. I run Honestly Tasty. We're a company that makes plant-based cheese that actually tastes great. So our mission is to you know, reduce carbon, reduce kind of animal suffering and get great tasting plant-based cheese out there. Yeah, I love that. Che- vegan cheese that actually tastes great will be music to a lot of people's ears because we'll get onto this in more detail but later on. But I do feel like vegan cheese has had a tough time in terms of its reputation. But we'll get onto that. So another round is a quick fire round that I like to start with just to kind of warm up, get to know you a bit more and talk all things food. So sweet or savory? Oh, sweet. Juicy burger or overloaded salad? Juicy burger. Crisps or popcorn? Popcorn. Ice cream or sorbet? Sorbet. Cook in or eat out? Eat out. And what's your favorite delivery? Ah. There's one called Salvation and Noodles around Finsbury Park. Ooh. And it's absolutely delicious. Yeah. Nice like one. Yeah. Haven't heard of that. That sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so can you explain a bit more about life before Honestly Tasty? So backtrack, where were you? What were you doing? What was your life like before? Uh, yeah, so before it was quite different. So I left uni uh, back in 2013 and went into banking. So yeah, uh, I joined a corporate banking scheme, graduate scheme, uh, and kind of did a load of rotations around different areas of the bank uh, and then landed in real estate banking, which is obviously like a million miles away from what I'm doing now. Yeah, Yeah. that is really, really far from where you are now. So how did you get from banking to cheese? Uh, so it was basically a journey from like you know, turning towards a plant-based diet, um, which kind of started with, as like a lot of people's journey starts with watching Cowspiracy. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and then kind of the next like 16, 18 months were kind of like on and off vegetarian veganism and then kind of went vegan in at the beginning of 2018. 
yeah and so when I got there I was like there's just no good vegan cheese um, and the journey then was just about me trying to discover a way of making really great tasting plant-based cheese just for myself and when I got that it was kind of like a question of oh do I now actually take this into you know the world and, and try and create it commercially so do you have a background of food are you really into cooking why did you decide to solve the cheese problem like if I find I don't know a coffee that I'm like I don't really like the beans I'm not gonna like source them like I might not have that desire so where did that desire come from for you to be like I need to create a cheese I like because you're not making a parmesan which you might make you know nutritional yeast or something like that Mm. you're making like blue cheese which is quite a a challenging one so maybe you didn't start with blue so where did the yeah need to solve the problem kind of come from uh it was i mean it was literally just i mean yeah i was i was actually in france with a couple of mates and like the only stuff that we could eat was cheese um and there was lots of like cheese boards flying around and i was just there kind of ordering a pizza without any cheese on it and the waiter would give me like a look of confusion and kind of like are you sure um and and so yeah from there i was like okay i need to i need to find a substitute i honestly thought there was going to be one out there like so i i went onto the internet or like went into shops and was like oh okay what is there and kind of got presented with the options was like wow this is like more dire than i yeah really bad yeah um so went out there and like saw what was the status quo and just i don't know i thought because no one else is doing it it kind of makes it quite interesting, quite an exciting challenge, um, because yeah, I mean, someone's someone's got to be first, right? Definitely. So, how did you start? What was your first step? So, you're in France. You're noticing there's a gap. You check the supermarkets. It's confirmed that there's definitely a gap. Yeah. Then, what do you do? Uh, I went on the internet and like just searched like mad and found that there was like a a vegan cheese making course in Berlin. So a couple of weeks later, I, I went over to Berlin and like took part in this course. And it was all kind of like nut based and it was quite interesting. You learn a lot of things which are quite similar to the dairy cheese making process, all about kind of culturing cheeses, you know, monitoring their acidity, all those kind of things um, to you know, basically build something which would develop into a, a veined cheese or something like that. Um, and I came away from that kind of quite excited by the idea of being able to experiment and stuff but equally looking at what was being produced um, through that class and thinking it still didn't melt, it still didn't have the versatility of something that I would usually associate with blue cheese. So it was then a matter of kind of coming back, reading a load of books, experimenting, going on YouTube, just like watching endless lectures on kind of food science and things like that, to come up with these this kind of combination recipe of different methods and also putting my own spin on it. And yeah, and that kind of eventually came to life um, in a in my in my fridge where my flatmate was very generous, letting me kind of like put all these experiments in the fridge. Wow! And yeah. were you still working in your kind of investment bank, retail, like real estate banking world then? And when was the moment when you decided to quit that and go full time into cheese? Yeah, so I was I was still working full time, and I think so. I probably came up with the actual cheese in kind of August September time, um, and then was trying it out with a few mates and got quite a good reception because you know they're the kind of friends who would probably turn around and tell me like, oh maybe you should stick to your day job, <laughs> um, and and yeah, so so I basically I think it was at the end of September 
had a conversation with my with my boss at, at the time and kind of said, look, I'm I'm going to leave, uh, and he was kind of like, oh, where where are you going? Like just assuming I was going to another bank or something. I was like, no, I'm going going to make a vegan cheese company, and he was like, oh. Are you all right? Like, yeah. I, think, I think he thought that I was having some sort of like quarter life breakdown. hundred um, percent. But yeah, and I was like, no, genuinely going to try and do it. Um, and so, yeah, that, that was kind of it. And then from the end of October onwards, I spent a lot of time setting up my first kind of residential kitchen, which is actually in a spare room of my grand's house. It's wow. still, still sit out there. Um, and yeah, then it was that kind of like four or five months where I was doing all the stuff like setting up a brand, registering the company, learning all about the food safety side of things. Uh, so yeah. That's Amazing. Has your boss been in touch since? Um, I've spoken to him a couple of times, yeah. Okay. yeah we've been out for like um, drinks and stuff like that. And yeah. So, so he doesn't think you're so crazy anymore? No. no okay, no, that's no, good. No, yeah. That is really good. So I often hear, and I'm sure you do too, people say I couldn't be vegan because I love cheese too much. Why do you think people have this bad opinion on not trying vegan cheese i think because historically it has just been like really really bad and it's something that people associate with like them absolutely loving you know it's something that works in basically any dish like well the majority of savory dishes you can just make them a whole lot better by adding cheese to it yeah um you can have it on its own you can have it in a sandwich and just giving you the ways that people can have cheese um (laughs) And I think because it's so ingrained, it's just such a it's such a kind of a normal reaction to be like, oh, that's it's not real. How is that going to be anywhere anywhere like the normal thing? And it's and it wasn't, and it's kind of gained that reputation, which is kind of stuck. Mm. Um, so I do understand people's um, kind of hesitation uh, in trying it, um, but yeah, luckily over the last I think four to five years it's really accelerated uh, in terms of quality, especially in the UK and in, and in London. Um, Yeah, yeah. no, definitely. I think it's quite nice that it has accelerated more so in the UK because Mm. we are kind of a nation of cheese. Well, I mean, yes, the French are, but you know, especially like we mentioned earlier in Somerset, you have a lot of like the classic English farmers and it's nice that we've kind of taken that innovation and made it into something plant-based. I think that's really cool. Yeah. A quick note on Greedy Vegan, we sell all of the Honestly Tasty cheeses and they are definitely one of the best sellers on Greedy Vegan, with their blue and brie being the favourites. So if you want to try Honestly Tasty, then head over to www.greedyvegan.uk and check it out. We have 25% off at the moment with the code MAY25, so there has never been a better time to try the cheeses. And you started with blue, am I right in saying that? Yes, yeah. Why blue? That seems like one of the hardest, but you might turn around blue. Actually, it was one of the easiest, but why why blue? Um, I think it was a, probably a mixture of things. One, it was like, I do genuinely love like a blue cheese. So that was my first thing. It's like, okay, you know, there's already alternatives that I don't really want to have that much for cheddar, but but the cheddar alternatives are out there. There's There was nowhere at the time that I could buy a blue cheese that was vegan even in kind of like really niche uh you know health stores and things like that so so yeah it was very much a i can't find this anywhere just try and create it okay amazing and do you think that the brands that found we found in supermarkets five years ago do you think they've made it harder for you to sell to consumers because 
yeah, supermarket brands now, I mean, still, you guys haven't, we'll get onto your developments in a minute, but, you know, there's been a massive innovation, but it's still in the process of getting it into the mainstream. Those mainstream brands, they, they might put people off. Have you found that to be a challenge to sell to consumers? Yes, I think I think it definitely does. Having kind of like tarnished reputation of, of vegan cheese um, over a number of years, it's um, I think you get different kind of consumer drink groups. I think the kind of people that live a completely plant-based or vegan diet are more willing to try something. Generally, you know, they are kind of you know as as a group like a very supportive uh, you know customer group but they are also like very excited when something new comes to market so it's always about you know being willing to try something new mm-hmm. so i think from that s- side of the market like people are still very open but yeah i think when you get more towards like the flexitarian uh, side of the market which is obviously a much larger segment there is a, a much larger yeah, hesitancy just just because of, of what it's been like in the past mm, and how do you try and overcome that challenge or what are you going to do in the future to try and overcome that challenge so our main thing that we're going to be trying to do kind of over the next six to 12 months is just get it into as many people's mouths as possible like sample left right and center mm. because realistically that's that's going to be the best way to to show people look this you know, the state of vegan cheese has changed. Um, so yeah, that's kind of going to be our big strategy going forward. Yeah, I mean, that is the best way. I mean, I've done a lot of pop-ups with Greedy Vegan and we always take the cheeses with us. And everyone always says, and I'm sure you get it all the time, oh no, I don't like vegan cheese. Yeah. I'm like, try it, it's free food. Have it with a cracker, <laughs> yeah. just try it. And honestly, their opinion is like completely changed. Like, wow, I'm so impressed. And you must get that all the time. And then once you have that reaction, then you sold a customer. So that's, that's yeah. amazing. I love that. So to any of those people listening who aren't vegan, can you kind of explain why non-vegans should try vegan cheese? Uh, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think, uh, A, it's quite interesting in terms of the range available. So if you're looking at kind of plant-based cheese, you have some which are purely kind of uh, based on fermented kind of cashews and things like that which is is labeled vegan cheese um, and it, it brings a almost completely new product type to to the category uh, something that you you might not necessarily associate with cheese but it's like s- super delicious so I'd say you might be missing out on something which you, you really like in general from that point of view um, if you're talking about more specifically honestly tasty products uh, I'd say I mean it's you know, it's significantly less carbon you know emissions you know then if you're having a dairy cheese is the equivalent um so that would be probably my main kind of mm-hmm. point with with flexion and, and like what that. about the health benefits would you say there are, are health benefits ultimately cheese is cheese so i'm not we're not comparing vegan yeah. cheese to an apple but in comparison to honestly tasty blue compared to normal dairy blue would you say there are health benefits so it kind of varies depending on what aspect you're looking at. So and and between the cheeses as well. So with the blue cheese and looking at a a normal kind of dairy blue cheese, uh, that would be kind of an equivalent amount of, of fats, kind of for example. But then if you look at our camembert and brie alternatives, it's kind of a lot less fat and a lot less saturated fat. Um, at the same time, there is less protein in our cheeses versus dairy. 
but you know we are we are at the same time looking to kind of add certain vitamins in to to kind of make it a bit more healthy for people okay nice yeah. i guess ultimately cheese is cheese and you're not eating cheese for health benefits yeah, yeah and like if you are trying to win someone the the biggest is like you mentioned carbon emission and sustainability yeah. Yeah. so yeah that does make a lot of sense so i now want to touch on quite an interesting debate that i always have with people and i'm sure you do too and it's the fact that how can vegan brands call cheese cheese if it's not got dairy in it so can you help me answer this question because people do get funny about it and they say technically it's not cheese and i guess technically they're right but what is the kind of what's your yeah what's your opinion on this uh it's it's quite it is quite an interesting one and it is it, i find it surprising that some people get so um emotional about it because it's, it's just is at the end of the day it's just a word i mean uh i think my viewpoint is this that language evolves you know as we move forward um and you know there's a whole bunch of uh, you know foods out there that have like peanut butter is not butter coconut cream is not cream by the normal definition of it um and it's it's quite interesting especially when the kind of legislative uh, arms of, of government start to step into it and things you've got the eu saying that you know cheese has to be something which is derived from an animal um and i just i just think it's quite an interesting way whereas if i ever said to anyone if i said to you vegan cheese it's very obvious what i'm talking about if i'm going to a dinner with like mates and it's okay we're bringing the cheese and I'll, I would say like okay I'll bring vegan cheese because most of my mates aren't vegan and they know what I'm talking about um, I think it's it's really interesting how the main line of I guess argument that people use to defend the word cheese from a legal point of view at least is that you know you don't want to mislead people kind of things and I think that's really hard when you're putting the word vegan or dairy free or 100% plant-based in front of it. So I find that quite a disingenuous argument. Yeah, 100%. I think it's just describing what it is to those mm. who don't, who aren't sure. Let's yeah. just say, I mean, I know that you have called your like camembert, chamembert and stuff like that to try and play on the words. Yeah. Is that because you have to do that? Or is that because what's the legal, is there a legal reason? Like what is the reason behind it? Yeah, I don't think we could get away with you know, calling it camembert. And I think also, I mean, one of the one of the good points on this whole discussion is that it wouldn't make sense for any vegan or plant-based cheese company to try and sell their cheese as as like actual dairy cheese because that's my whole USP is right. that we're is that we're vegan is that we're 100% plant-based. You know, if I went to investors and was like, I'm starting this big cheese company, they'd be like, okay, cool loads of people already do that what makes this new and interesting is the fact that it's plant-based mm. um so yeah the fact that the idea that anyone would go into a cheese aisle and pick something up which had been completely disguised as a cheese just kind of doesn't make sense because you know you're losing all of your usps effectively as a plant-based cheese company yeah i guess it's getting the balance right between saying you're a hundred hundred percent plant-based company mm. and also helping describe what the product is to consumers that don't know because yeah. if you just call this i know you used to call it vegan zola and now it's called blue like you're explaining what it is yeah. without 
complete calling it something completely different like what do these people who get funny about it expect it to be called yeah. like what are we wanting it's a quite a strange one it is a strange one because i think everyone everyone kind of you know everyone has like a experience with food their own individual experience with food and you know mine would be with 10 years ago would be with like a camembert kind of thing so if you say camembert like it just makes you know what it is yeah but also because it says 100% plant-based around it it's just very obvious that it's not you know that it is a plant-based thing so yeah the name's like blue you know we've, we're releasing uh, a garlic and herb cheese shortly and that's called garlic and herb I mean like we're just trying to get to the place now where they're like really obviously called uh, you know what they are yeah. without saying the yeah. c word which yeah. is cheese <laughs> yes yeah um no it is it is a challenge but i think yeah i think people have got more hot up on this cheese element than any other element i do think the bacon sausage thing has also got a bit of controversy but not, i don't think it's been as bad as cheese for some reason and maybe that's mm. because people have a real passion for cheese and so therefore they're more passionate about the topic I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one because it's one that like I don't know. Any time we have like Christmas dinner, my gran would be like, I don't understand why you'd want a sausage to look like a sausage. Oh my god, I have the same <laughs> argument with my grandma as well. And it's for me, it's like we're currently on a plant based journey. Like plant based has just started. It's just mm. getting going. So soon, I don't know. In ten years' time, I believe we'll have a plant based protein, which will be something completely new. Yeah. And it won't be a bacon or a sausage. It'll be in its own entity. But we can't jump to that right now because we're, we're learning and we're teaching consumers along the way. Yeah. So, I mean, that's what I believe. But I think it just it's part of the education. It's, and it also helps consumers know what to do with it. Yeah. Otherwise, what are you going to do with this cube? Of, that's why with tofu, people don't know what to do with tofu because yeah. it's a completely new thing. Yeah. Whereas bacon, they know what to do. Okay, bacon sandwich, fry it up. Got yeah. it. So... Yeah, I think it's just part of the journey. So I want to touch on the fact that you have brought members of your family into the business, which I love. So firstly, how has that been? Um, How is it working with your family? Yeah, yeah, it's good. So Beth, uh, my sister, she joined the business about 12 months in, um, just before COVID hit. So she kind of joined in January and then two months later, covid kind of overtook everything we had to open an online shop and then her and i because it was kind of food production you kind of you kind of kept going we were we were making you know cheese and dispatching it um for basically seven days a week which is kind of in a way i guess you weren't missing any social occasions at the time um but yeah so it was like you know a super intense kind of like work but i guess if it's your sister you can kind of do that because you know it's the people you've grown up with so you're not going to end up you know falling out and not being able to kind of come into work the next day kind of thing yeah that's yeah. true and then you brought your dad in yeah yeah so he he coincidentally uh quit his job in the january or the february before covid um to start a consultancy um job but then March, COVID came, and basically the company that he just started with um, got rid of all the consultants. So he kind of found himself at a little bit of a loose end, and he'd been doing uh, some work for us beforehand, and it was it was great uh, because he came in and had just kind of like he's super organised, and he just brought a level of organisation to what was kind of 
me and my sister running around frantically trying to kind of get all these products made and get everything shipped out so you know just started with things like ordering ingredients in and stuff like that and it kind of developed from there I love it I also feel like it adds another kind of strain to the honestly tasty bow by having family members as part of the team I think it adds more kind of like authenticity to the brand and I think it's yeah I think it's really nice but before your sister joined and your dad what was it like running it by yourself so obviously I completely appreciate running something by yourself but how was it going from working in in an office with a massive team to them working by yourself I think it's it's quite a um it's quite a strange one for like for anyone who's ever experienced it you're going from like a very structured like you know nine to five effectively job and then you hit this one day where you're like okay now it's just me and I've got to have the you know the motivation to do all of this and continue doing all of this until it hopefully turns into something um so yeah I mean to some extent you, you find yourself alone probably for the majority of most days which is can be challenging um, mm. luckily you know the radio is great for that yeah um, but yeah so so I think it was interesting I think it's still you know when you have a team of people and you're working in an office it's it's quite nice because you have that you know just like office office fun and mm. kind of drinks after work and stuff like that whereas you find yourself working for yourself you you can't just go for after work drinks because that becomes a little bit yeah, yeah. that becomes a little <laughs> bit dangerous and yeah. a bit sad yeah. Yeah. no 100% um so you touched on the fact that obviously honestly tasty came about of like a personal need you turned vegan couldn't find vegan cheese can you talk a bit more about your vegan journey so you watched cowspiracy and was that mm. the first trigger that made you start thinking more about plant-based and the second part of the question was is it was it a bit of an overnight, right, I'm now vegan? Or was it a bit of a kind of general gist into that direction? Yeah, so it was it, like, it was the first thing to open my eyes towards, you know, the impact of industrial kind of agriculture on, on the world. So, and, well, it, it kind of was an overnight, uh, but it was an overnight for like one month. So, yeah, I turned, I was like, I'm going vegan forever. And then was like vegan for one month and then kind of like fell off the, fell off the wagon and was kind of then vegetarian slash vegan slash every so often having a, a tiny bit of meat for the next 16 or 18 months. And then uh, come like the 31st of uh, December 2017, I was like, no, okay, this is it. Veganery is like the perfect excuse to kind of actually, you know, actually do you know, do what I should do and go for the plant-based I love that I think it yeah. does take a bit of trial and error mm. I think you know going completely vegan for a month is a massive jump and I think you could probably tell what your weaknesses were what, what your strengths were you probably had a chance to experiment a bit but then I think it does take a while to completely adjust to a full vegan diet yeah um and I guess you kind of got became vegan just as things were beginning to develop in the space yeah right yeah yeah definitely um it was uh, when I went vegan like things were starting to come through like this is not bacon started to like appear on shelves and a lot more interesting like meat alternatives like beyond meat was around um so there was you know a lot more to eat there than there would have been like 20 years ago um but yeah no it's quite interesting because I I definitely gave up meat 
way way more easily than I gave up kind of cheese and eggs and everything else I think for me that transition was like oh it's actually becoming vegetarian is is not the hardest thing in the world for me personally but then actually the transition from that to vegan was was you know a much bigger step yeah I agree so are you completely vegan now like you don't ever dip into eggs or dairy or anything no no I like I haven't bought anything for well, however long it is now, yeah. five, and, five and a bit years. Amazing. Um, so well, you have you, all the cheese you need now, so you're... Well, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's interesting, it, yeah. yeah. I have I have tasted uh, some cheese, like, but just like tiny amounts f- for the purpose of this. Yeah. Which is kind of one of those things that I personally um, don't really enjoy doing because it's something that I find quite gross. Yeah. Um, but actually, if you're trying to emulate something, it's you're not really going to be able to do it without without that step I don't think especially for the flexitarians who would have had cheese last weekend and you know this weekend they're trying something which is a vegan alternative mm. yeah I think it would be easy to make a brand just for vegans and just for plant-based people but really we want to get it into into everyone's kind of hands yeah that's so true so I now kind of want to touch on like the biggest challenges you faced throughout the honestly tasty journey to date but also some of the biggest successes to date as well as like some future developments and stuff which has become really really exciting so yeah start off with some of the biggest challenges I think probably finding a finding like setting up a a food production business in itself is just incredibly difficult Um, a lot of brands out there there's kind of two ways you can go with it you can actually you know do the food production yourself or you can outsource it and like you know there's you know different brands have you know different strategies which fit them a whole load better Um, so I think one challenge has been yeah setting that up from scratch because it's you know an incredibly um, rigorous process that you have to go to to ensure that you meet all the standards that people expect for food safety um, beyond that especially with a new food type that mm. no one's actually tried making before um, and then beyond that it's I mean COVID was was mad as well I mean it was it was it was challenging because no one really knew what to do so we opened the online shop of course um, but then yeah you lose all of your b2b business and you gain social traction but then you have this whole long period of of not being able to reach out to you know the likes of whole foods or planet organic or the kind of people who you think oh actually this is where we should be it just puts this weird kind of you know six nine twelve month pause in that um which was yeah which was hard um and then coming out of that we had a couple of we had a couple of customers that started building in europe and then of course brexit came so there's the big macro ones like that where brexit comes and then the cost of living crisis is obviously not something which anyone has found fun um but yeah i think the biggest challenge as well for us has been um just getting the product to a place where you can consist you can consistently make it at a good quality the whole time Mm -hmm. because um it's such a it can be such a temperamental product Um, well yeah yeah it's got it's like it's kind of it's not live but it is kind of live yeah yeah it's it's maturing like cheese does it kind of ages matures yeah it's like a ticking time bomb when you're dealing with something like this because 
you know, it's a fresh product and time is of the essence. So it's trying to make sure you have the longest amount of time available on it when it gets to consumers. Yeah, yeah, it, it is that. I mean, it's there's a hundred different things that, you know, if you, you know, cause we cook all the ingredients up together, if you do it at one temperature and if you change that by five degrees, you can completely make it either, you know, you know, it would turn into mush or something like that or it could hold together really well um, and then yeah it's how fast do you acidify it and you know what does that do to the taste and texture how long do you hold it in a maturing room again at what humidity uh, at what temperature so there's so many different factors that go into into making it and obviously when I just started it was kind of it's quite simple because it's just me doing one thing every day yeah but when you start to get larger pieces of machinery you do find that, yeah, if something is heated for, you know, even a minute too long, you can you can really mess something up. Um, yeah. yeah, no, definitely. And what about some of the best parts? Because I think you guys are currently at a really exciting point in your journey. You're getting it out there to more people. You're getting into some exciting retailers. Can you share a bit more about, yeah, some of the highlights? Yeah, I think probably the highlights were so far well definitely good to when Beth joined so that was a good personal highlight Um, uh, so that kind of meant that yeah someone else trapped in the business with me (laughs) Uh, and then after that the big one was probably Plant Organic that was a really big one for us that was kind of the first step where we were actually in a in a a a small chain of stores uh, where we get a kind of repeat custom and where people would start to know our brand Um, so that was that was really exciting for us um, obviously moving on from there we started a chilled trial in la- on last October um, and that was with uh, Holland and Barrett so we were in kind of 50 stores of theirs for a, a short amount of time uh, and that there is some very exciting things coming uh, down the line with that in the future um, and at the same time we were talking to a wholesaler so we got through our first wholesaler in January um, which was which had been kind of like a long time coming but it was really fantastic to to, it means that like independent shops can buy rather than having to hit our minimum order spend they can go to a wholesaler and say oh actually yes you know we do have that one or two customers who come in every week and would like something nice and vegan so kind of is another string to our bow Um, and yeah two other ones this year which have been fantastic is Ocado in February which means yeah basically anyone in the UK can enjoy it as part of their weekly shop um, which would have been a struggle before Um, and at the same time last week it was 166 M&S stores which is by far our kind of like biggest biggest launch to date um and and yeah that was really exciting it was a massive it was you know, it was massive news when we actually heard that it was going to go ahead so there's like several things which are all really good um and it's kind of like okay yeah we've been given the green light this is all going ahead fantastic but then you actually have to like make the cheese get it on a pallet we hadn't done like pallets before so this was like a whole new experience to us yeah put it in a chilled buy a chilled van put it on a chilled van um so then it was like that you the success of getting it to the wholesaler and then seeing it on shelves again so it's like quite an interesting process of being like mm. oh wow this is actually real Definitely. Uh, yeah so that was really cool did you guys choose M&S to be one of the like one of the first retailers that you wanted to get into or did it just kind of happen as a result of like a cardo and because I 
have not heard of M&S being one of the first of brands to get into retailers. I, they don't tend to do many branded things either. They do a lot of like own brand. So it's amazing that you guys are in M&S. Why, why M&S? I think M&S are on a, on a pretty cool journey in terms of their plant-based uh, offering. Um, so we're very excited to be part of that uh, okay. for sure. So, so yeah, I think that's, that's one of the main things. Also, obviously we're at a kind of more premium price point still, um, even though it has recently come down. Um, you know, it wouldn't really match up if you were going to go to like Tesco's or the like or something like that. So it was about, you know, selecting a where you can achieve a premium price point um, with a, uh, you know, uh, an outlet that is really respected for, for the kind of products that they, they sell. No, definitely. I think M&S is like the perfect match. I think it's really cool. And I think also Ocado is great because you, like you say, people all across the UK now can get it in their weekly shop, but it's online. So they can't touch, feel, look at it. Whereas now you can get the whole touch feel. Oh, wow, this is in the real shape of blue. This is a camembert box. Wow, this is fantastic. Um, So yeah, I think that's really exciting. Well, my final question is, again, back to all things food. It is, what would be your last meal? (sighs) Last meal? Jeez. So this is starter, main course, and dessert. Okay. Yeah, it can be from anywhere, anyone's cooking, last meal. For starters, I would probably go like vegetable samosas. Oh, good one. Love vegetable samosas. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, yeah, like probably about five, like slightly too many. Yeah. It's your last meal, so you can do that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, Then for a main course, um, I'd probably go for like a laxa, like a a real, yeah, like a real nice. Um, like curry with like noodles and stuff like that yeah. so be, be very up for that uh, and then dessert oh man it's like there are these uh, like lollies they're like mango sorbet lollies oh cool yeah so um, yeah really really love them so. I was expecting a cheese board to be the final dessert maybe you'd finish the off with the cheese yeah, yeah, yeah maybe you'd fourth yeah. course cheese yeah. board then you'd be on your way happy happy yeah. days I'm not on brand enough again I'm just thinking about food now like, yeah no I mean that is it it's your, it's your last meal Mike thank you so much for coming on it's been really cool to hear the story the journey I mean you really did go from the banking world to literally reinventing the plant-based cheese world. So that's pretty cool. And like credits to you for that because that is not easy. Um, So yeah, it's been great having you on and thank you so much. Yeah, thank you too. Thank you guys so much for listening and I really hope you enjoyed the episode. If you are looking for a plant-based cheese and you hadn't heard of Honestly Tasty, you are very welcome as this may have just changed your life. As always, please, please continue to support the podcast. Click the follow or subscribe button, share it to your friends, family, all of these really, really small things make a huge difference to the growth of the podcast. So thank you so much again and see you next week. (laughs) Thank you.